recording in the calm before the storm. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Beautiful orangey, dark bluey sky uh, out my window at the moment as I sit down to record this 214th episode of the internet's finest English language Argentine football podcast. I'm Sam Kelly. Welcome to Underpod. This week I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello, how are you, Sam? It's a frying egg heat uh, here in Buenos Aires. Yes, it, it's been humid, hasn't it? Um, quite looking forward to the storm. It, it seems like this is a refrain that we have. Interrupted by a car horn there. This is a refrain we seem to have every week at the moment, but uh, it is very sticky and it is supposed to rain tonight, so fingers crossed. Yes. First of all, then, we shall go through the results from the weekend of Primera action that we just had, and I'm going to adjust the microphone slightly because it's not quite wide enough, is it? Let's hope that that's a bit better. Uh, we'll go through the results from the weekend that we've just had, and they were as Follows San Lorenzo 3, Vélez Sarsfield 2, Gimnasia y Grima La Plata 1, Olimpo de Bahia Blanca 0, Boca Juniors 4, Newell's Old Boys 1, Belgrano 0, Banfield 0, Tigre 0, Defensa Justicia 2, uh, Independiente against Racing, the Clásico de Avellaneda ended 1-1, it was very, very boring um, until the last five minutes when it became very, very interesting. And that's when both the goals were scored. Uh, Godoy Cruz beat Colón 4-1 in Mendoza. Rosario Central and River Plate drew 3-3 in Rosario. Uh, Marcelo Laronda scored one goal for uh, River and two goals for Central in that match, but all in the second half. Well, he's uh, sorry, River supporter, so he had contributed a bit. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, Quilmes drew 2-2 at home to Patronato. Arsenal de Sarandí on Monday got a 2-0 win over Sarmiento. Unión drew 1-1 with San Martín. And then in Tuesday's three matches, it was Atletico, uh, Atletico de Rafaela 0, Tempele 2, Lanús 1, Atletico Tucumán 0, and Aldo Civi 1, Estudiantes de la Plata 2. Um, Huracán's match away to Argentinos Juniors, as we mentioned it would be last week, was uh, postponed. Although Huracán have had to play their Copa Libertadores um, opener, they, they were very upset by having to play it. As I said last week, I don't have too much sympathy for them when it comes to postponing all their matches forever. Um, they played it last night against... In the, uh, Atletico Nacional. Atletico Nacional and yes. lost 2-0. And San Lorenzo yes. also lost 2-0, didn't yes. they, against Independiente del Valle, was it? No, the Liga de Quito. In, ah, in, Liga de Quito, of course, yes. yeah. Um, so 2-2-0 two, two, defeat to start off the Argentine clubs in the Copa Libertadores group stages on Tuesday night. Uh, right now, 10 minutes ago, Racing kicked off at home to Bolívar. That's 0-0 at the moment. We'll let you know if there are any goals while we record. And later tonight, Boca Juniors begin their campaign against... Deportivo Cali. Ah, yeah, in Cali, isn't yes. it? Super. Is that a goal for Racing? Oh, it is a goal yes. for Racing. Octavo ball. Lisandro Lopez. Ah, Lisandro Lopez. Sorry. Yeah. It's the similar haircut. Yes. <laughs> That's the giveaway. Or the, the confusing factor. Um, which matches from the weekend did you Well, of course, uh, especially, especially Rosario Central River, which I think it was the, the man, a match of the, of the week, of the weekend, uh, because of the goals, because of the, the way the, the, the both teams uh, are trying to play. <coughs> I think both equally from... from one year uh, from 2015 uh, up to here, is they have been playing similarly. I think mm. uh, perhaps Rosario Central now has have a, a, a I would say a, a quite a, a, you know better team, but they are like clearly trying to uh, play in a way that coach Codet, the coach wants, and they are trying to and they are achieving or they are they are. Uh, Playing that way, the way that the, the coach wants. In the case of River, I think uh, 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 Gallardo is trying to to do the same things, the, the, to, to press 
the, the rival and their sides and that, but uh, I don't. They, he doesn't have the similar or the same players he had uh, last year and and, and 2014. So uh, the the idea remains, but the players doesn't or don't. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, that I think that's the difference. And uh, even though there it was a, a quite even match with. Uh, uh, River uh, playing a very good first half with uh, uh, they, they ended it uh, winning 2-1 then uh, with a bad luck from, from La Rondo who scored the own goal uh, uh, put the advantage to 3-1 and well then, then Rosario Central mainly with crosses but uh, going and going and River waiting in their side which is strange because with, uh, with Gallardo this, this hasn't happened very much uh, well, uh, suffered for, uh, in, the, in the end of the game, and finally Central uh, achieved the, the equalizer. Uh, but it, it was a very entertaining match, as, as Lachelso said, the, the, the Rosario Central player, mm. who is being looked by, uh, I don't remember now the name of the team in Europe. Roma, apparently, Roma, a, Roma. a yes. 7 million euro bid rejected for him yesterday. Yes, well, he, uh, when he had to talk about the match, so that it was a, a very nice game to watch uh, for, for the, the neutral fan. Mm. I think it, it was like that. Uh, very, very entertaining match. Yeah, it certainly was. Although River's defence, there are still lots of questions to be asked about it. They're fantastic going forward, but still iffy in defence, in spite of uh, Emmanuel Mamana being, being back in the back line. Um, I suspect it's going to continue that way until Balanta comes back in. Well, uh, I think at least from today reports from the training, uh, River Plate training before they travel to Venezuela when they have will have to play tomorrow against Trujillanos, mm. that uh, he it was a, a, a test of course it was a training session but Gallardo put uh, Leandro Vega there in the in the as a second central back, so we will know. Uh, the, of course, the team is still not confirmed. By, by Gallardo, so we have to wait. But I think that is a key problem for River right now, especially, in, uh, of course, they are back, uh, because uh, they can't keep like they did when when uh, Maidana and Funes Mori were the, the, the pair of, of, of centre-backs, mm. uh, to keep a solid defence and, and to have continuity on their on their backs. Just like, for example, when, when, when luck is not, is not a good luck, is bad. Uh, you have Alvarez Balanta playing not in a very good way, then uh, getting injured. Then Poncio as a cent second centre back because, uh, well, uh, he has some like uh, he, he he can work as a centre back because he he he's uh, how do you say it? Uh, when a player can can work in in different positions, well, he he can do it. Yeah. But it's not a centre back, a real centre back. And then Mamana. Who hasn't been playing? So when he has to uh, be, uh, jump into the starting lineup, uh, it's not the same because he hasn't been playing regularly. Mm. So it's a real problem here in the in the in the defense. Uh, when when uh, 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 aside when River, in which River has had uh, some solid structure uh, structure, now uh, they don't have it. So. Uh, they are suffering because River can score a lot of goals, but they can concede a lot of goals too. Like happened, like it happened uh, this uh, this Sunday. Yes, indeed, and uh, might well happen again on Thursday night, as you say, with them away to Trujillanos in, in Venezuela in their first Copa Libertadores match. Uh, there was another very entertaining match. There were several, really, yes. and a lot of goals. Uh, right, I think. Yeah, and again a lot of goals, and, and again some very very good ones, and. Um, one particular was was Vélez Sarsfield's opener uh, after eight minutes away to San Lorenzo in, in um, their 3-2 defeat. We said last week that it looked like it was going to be a chance for Vélez to show us whether they were really back and performing again. Uh, it was certainly going to be a, high, a, a harder test for them away to San Lorenzo. And I think although they lost the match, they actually did show that, that they have improved a lot on last year. Did, did you catch much of the game? Or? Yes, I, I watched the penalty... Uh, awarded by by Beligoyat. he then admitted it wasn't, it hadn't been penalty. Mm. He watched it on TV and uh, 
he realized it had been a mistake, and I think the that and the and the and the red card, of course, uh, were uh, key in the match for San Lorenzo to win it. Uh, but yes, Vélez uh, kind of I don't say they reborn, but they they are showing interesting things with their kids. Like for example, Toledo. I th- I don't know if they played before the last episode against Argentinos Juniors that the Toledo made a very yeah. very good play and, and scored brilliantly well uh, things like that or Alvarenga the one who, who scored the, uh, one of the goals for for, for Vélez against San Lorenzo are, are showing interesting things of course they are kids and, and we don't know if Vélez uh, supporters like any other supporters because here the lack of of Patience is a, a, a common in every team supporters. It's not something Vélez or or well, a, a single team mm. uh, to wait them for them because uh, they don't have uh, the money. They don't have the players they used to have. For example, Ferreira, the one who is now at Ukraine, Prato, who who are uh, experienced strikers uh, with a great goal accuracy, but now they aren't there. So they will have to to wait if they want. This is to be to put Vélez uh, ha- higher than they are now. Yeah, but Sun uh, is looking promising, and San Lorenzo having some difficulties themselves. Defense is a problem for them, just as it is for River. They they, they don't seem able to to do it at all. Yes. Um, I'm not sure how they're unbeaten, and and they're joint top of their group. They're in Group One. Um, San Lorenzo with Patronato, no, uh, I don't remember the other team who's with, training with Central. Ah, uh, Central both, yes. both Central and San Lorenzo have got three wins and one draw. Um, but uh, Central, whereas Central have conceded just under a goal in the game, San Lorenzo, and in fact all three of Central's goals conceded, of course, were against River the other day. San Lorenzo have conceded just over a goal a game. They've conceded five in four. Um, they've certainly got talent up front, but we sort of said at the beginning of the year that it didn't look like a particularly wise decision to let go both of their starting centre-backs from last year. They're going to have to take a while to yes. to get back on it. and uh, So they're definitely entertaining to watch, uh, but there is a big question mark over their defence. Uh, Cologne, of course, had their unbeaten record. In fact, their 100% record, um, spectacularly taken apart by Godoy Cruz in Mendoza. Uh, prior to that game, Cologne had played 3-1-3, and, and they got beaten 4-1 by Godoy Cruz, who it turns out are not bad themselves as well. So we've got a whole load of teams who suddenly seem reborn this year. Um, the big talking point of that match, unfortunately, was uh, a moment towards the end of the game, I think it was, where Alan Ruiz insulted, uh, made a gesture that I'm informed is a racist gesture towards one of Godoy Cruz's black players, uh, which is not particularly uh, nice to say, who, who was the one? Uh, no, it was the other guy. Uh, what's his name? Where is Garcia? The Uruguayan? Garcia, yeah. Uh-huh. Um... Yes, and waved his, his hand at him in, in a very insulting way, apparently. Um, which which is a, a great shame, not least because Alan Ruiz is... Well, in fact, it's no more of a shame because Alan Ruiz is a talented footballer, but he's having a particularly good season, so it's a pity that he turns out to be a raging arsehole just now as well. Um, moving on to happier things, or at least happier things from Boca Juniors supporters' point of view. 4-1 over Newell's. And to yes. think this time last week we were discussing whether Arroyo Barreno was going to be out of the job or yes. not. We, uh, I, I mentioned some reborn from Vélez and, and, and Boca in two weeks has made something similar because, uh, yes, Arroyo Barreno, even some handful members of, of, that, they are, that are coming regularly here, like Fede and, and, and Francisco, are saying, oh, come on, when, when is Arroyo Barreno going to... to to be fired, or, or, or when when is he going to replace? And and of course we have mentioned here that uh, uh, this bad moment from Boca that happened until a match against uh, uh, the, the, the 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 previous match. I don't remember. Uh, against San Martin. Yes, San Martin. Uh, that everyone was saying, or I I I I am certain that 90% of Boca supporters saying that. Guillermo had to do the had had to be the the new coach uh, replacing Arroyo Rena. Well, football is like this. We when when players and when everyone says like with the cassette, uh, uh, this is football. This is football. Football gets gives you revenge. Well, 
now no one I think no one is saying that Arubarena must leave I, th- I think and I, I hope because uh, uh, it's, it's, it's real that Boca wasn't playing okay that they had they have a, a very good uh, potential team to play better than they were playing but uh, now well two matches in a row one made, made them made them be at least I think in the fourth position in their zone where, when Lanús is, is the, are the leaders with all of their their match the matches won uh, let's have a look they yeah. are they're fourth in group two yes. uh, seven yeah, points and Lanús have twelve joint third uh, on seven points yeah but uh, if you take into account how they were when they lost against San Lorenzo for the Supercopa well now are, are we they have different face a different uh, uh, anemic situation so well uh, we now they have we have to wait in, in order to see uh, Roberena being fired or, or resigning because now the things are are, are different do you, do you think it's down to Roberena's management though this this sudden improvement is it that much of a sudden improvement uh, because I, I think that the the players are, are the ones that have the final decision uh, to to make the coach resign or, or to be or to stay mm-hmm. and of course, uh, it was said a lot here, or I, I mean, in, in football media and, and, and the environment of football, that the players were in the in the dressers. They were saying, "No, we want Arena to stay." Then in the in the in the in the matches, they didn't show that. They didn't demonstrate with the where, where it really cares. I mean, with the ball, uh, only with words. But uh, now this this uh, this. Uh, Last two matches, they improved the uh, incredibly, or or or, or, or uh, in a very strange way, because they were playing just very differently, uh, very bad. And, and now, well, two two matches. I think the San Martin, the San Juan one was uh, more more lucky, more luck than than, than uh, improvement in terms of play. But against the uh, news, it was. Uh, it was clearly uh, uh, just a better side. Uh, with, I think six minutes uh, of play, winning two 0 forty seconds uh, with the uh, of the match uh, with the Betancourt goal. So yeah, uh, that's that's one thing that I wonder. I mean, forty-five seconds in for Betancourt's uh, Betancourt's opener. If that goal doesn't go in, if they don't get that early head start, I'd have been interested to see how di- how different the match could have gone. Yes. But one other thing, aside from. Boca, because it has to be said that the four one is an impressive result, um, and, and that if nothing else, it's going to give them some more confidence to to start going forward from here. Um, it's just how bad were Newell's days after beating Racing five yes. nil, which was supposed to be their big way of you know putting the defeat in the Clásico against Central to bed and, and make everybody forget about that. And then they went out and they were just as pathetic again. Um, it was extraordinary. So Newell's. Who knows what they're going to do from one match to another by the look of it these days. Um, other noteworthy matches, we have to talk about the Classic de Avellaneda, I suppose, although not very much happened until the, the closing minutes um, when Leandro Fernandez opened the scoring for Independiente in 85 minutes and uh, four minutes later, uh, Lisandro Lopez got, was it his first goal of his comeback? He's yes. obviously just scored tonight as, as we were beginning to record, but um, I think it was the first goal yes. of his, his return to Racing. With an overhead um, kick, yes. yeah, wonderful finish to to, to tie up the classical um, for a one-one draw. But apart from that, I mean, really, not very much to to mention, was there? No, the, of course, the, the touchy uh, uh, moment of, of those two goals, but no, nothing else. Uh, and uh, some kind of not complain, but uh, com- commentary on 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 that overhead kick from from Pellegrino, the dependent the, the coach. Mm. About the 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 special uh, kind of dangerous play from from Lisandro Lopez because he when he practiced that overhead kick uh, uh, apparently uh, kicked o- apart from the ball the, the head of the of a rival but ah. uh, and uh, remembered uh, another play similar play that uh, uh, I think from Racing too. I don't know if it was Bow against San Martín San Juan that uh, he did an overhead kick too and it was uh, disallowed, disallowed mm. because of, uh, of yeah, the high foot. Yes. yes. Um, 
but yeah, we're not going to dwell too much on the on the classic. Normally, we would no. go into it in a bit more depth, but honestly, it was just mostly a, a very bad game until those closing minutes. Um, and there weren't even any red cards, were there? Which for a Clásico is yes. pretty unusual. Um, Quilmes and Patronato drew 2-2 on Monday. I didn't catch that one, but I'm going to assume that it was entertaining. Uh, certainly there were a few goals scored in, in fairly quick succession um, to put Patronato 2-1 up, and then Quilmes drew, drew about level. I, I did watch 20 minutes or so Quickly. inside of half-time. But, oh, that's 2-0 to Rousey. Roger Martinez, the uh, one. Um, and others other really it's, noteworthy results it's Patronato is with a quite decent start for them right and now what, what's your view about that yeah for, for a promoted side I would definitely agree they have got let's just remind ourselves of their they're in group one which means that they have bear with me uh, after four matches they've got well they've managed three draws and a defeat but the draws have been against Lorenzo. San Lorenzo on the opening day um, and who were the others let's bring them up here uh, San Lorenzo they lost to Ignacio then they've drawn with Arsenal and they've drawn with Quilmes so it's mm. nothing sort of spectacular it's but average. it's solid and, and they're not going to be easy to beat if, if, if nothing else um, the other very noteworthy result of, of the two sort of weekday matches in, in this round just finished um, was Lanús who got a 1-0 win over Atletico Tucumán to keep up a very impressive start to the season uh, they've not been as spectacularly impressive as say Rosario Central who've continued their form from last year and, and, and look really really good um, but Lanús now after four games have got a 1-0 win I think it was in the first round a 1-0 win over away to Estudiantes a 2-1 win at home to Defensa a 1-0 win away to Tempele and now a 1-0 win at home to Atletico Tucumán all of them with one difference but yeah they won it yeah and, and not always against the best side but considering the trouble that Lanús had putting any kind of run together any sort of consistency at all uh, last year that does suggest that they've again that they're another of these clubs who, who've maybe managed to turn things around and we could name uh, Lanús right now because of the moment they are they are going through uh, Deportivo Sand because the, he has, he's scoring I think almost or or all of the goals that Lanús is is uh, is scoring and are from from him. From uh, yeah, I think you're right. He's got let's have a quick look for their goal scoring. Yeah, he's got four of them, and Roman Martinez got the other one, of course, against the Estudiantes, uh, the late winner from the corner. Um, if you can hear any pattering in the background now it's because it's starting to rain outside oh glory weather forecast uh, they, they were accurate yeah thankfully um, and aside from that Estudiantes got a 2-1 win over uh, away to Aldocibi the last game on, on Tuesday night but um, lots of very very ordinary otherwise yes. largely ordinary results Defensive Justicia got a 2-0 win away to Tigre which was Surprising, if I remember rightly, they struggled a bit away from home last year, um, and that means that the the group standings now, obviously with Oracan still only having played one match, um, but the group standings in Group Two are that Lanús have a perfect record, as I just mentioned, with twelve points. Um, Atlético Tucumán have nine. Defensa Justicia and Boca Juniors and Estudiantes all have seven points, um, and Aldo Civi are in sixth with six points. And in Group One. Uh, all of those, I think... Are, oh, sorry, Aldo Civi have only played three, though, haven't they? Because one of their matches was against Huracan. Um And in Group 1, everybody's played four games. And the top two are Central and San Lorenzo, with ten points each. Colón have nine points, as do Gimnasia La Plata. And Godoy Cruz and Arsenal both have seven. Um, so it's all... Obviously, there's a very long way to go, but that gives you some idea of the sort of very early form. We've not mentioned clubs like Independiente, clubs like River... Um, and in Group 1 and in Group 2 the, the teams who are a bit further down I mean, Racing are the really notable ones who are missing out in Group 2 at the moment from the race for the top and just the the, the opposite uh, way to the uh, last tournament the previous one uh, this time I think that next uh, week or weekend we can start with some trends trends of, of teams that could be candidates because we will have we will be through the third part of, yeah, the, of the... a third of the way through the season, yeah. And of course, coming up in a couple of rounds' time is the Super Classico as well, so 
um, for two of who you would expect or who yes. would, before the season started have been expecting to be among the title hopefuls. Um, yes, most important news about this is uh, Andres Alessandro that is recovering uh, successfully from, from the space kind of mm. with injury from his uh, not a tear uh, was a how do you say distension? Uh, yeah, uh, 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 sprain. Yes, well, uh, and he has been running around the around the pitch, uh, so it's, they are expecting from him to be for the Super Classico. We will see. Oh, that's a lovely, lovely stuff. Racing have got yes. a third. Nepal. Who is that, Rodrigo Nepal? So it's three 0 to Racing after thirty-two minutes. So it turns out that Racing really are just concentrating non-stop on the Copa Libertadores, and that's why they're doing so dreadfully in the league. They are doing their 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 job, I think, yeah, against Bolivar because, of course, they they had their match or the match, uh, the second match against Bolivar will be, we all know, in La Paz. So yeah. 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 Um, did you catch either of the Libertadores games last night? Uh, part of San Lorenzo game. I do apologise for that very loud interruption. We just have them outside. Carry on. Part of both games from Argentinian sides, the, the one against uh, the one between San Lorenzo and, and Liga, and uh, and Huracan against the Colombian uh, team uh, Nacional. Mm. And Nacional, I think, will be. Of course, it was only one match. It is very. We won't be in a hurry and say they are candidates, but they they uh, went to the. Um, to Parque Patricio, to the Tomás Ducó Stadium, playing uh, aggressively, uh, losing respect to Huracán, and, and uh, uh, getting uh, uh, three three good points from 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 Argentina. With, of course, with Huracán still psychologically affected, they, they are saying that at least. And well, they Eduardo, certainly out of practice. Yes, Eduardo Domínguez said that Conmebol was not good about uh, about this. How, how do you? I wanted to because I mentioned this last week and, and explained to listeners why I thought it, they were being a bit silly. But I was with English Dan, and, and I wonder how you, as as, a, as an Argentine, as a South American, feel about whether Huracan should be allowed to postpone all of their matches until Kingdom Come or what? Not all of their of their matches, of course. There there is a time in which you have to play, and, and of course it's uh, bad luck they had and. We all want the players affected to, to recover, but then there is a competition, and, exactly, and, and the, you can't stop the, the competition. The Libertadores and the league both have to be played and be finished at some point, and therefore you can't just allow Oracan to not play again until Patricio Taranzo's back from his yes. foot injury, which might take a few months. Taranzo and Mendoza were were the ones that they are are still recovering from from where the most severe the most severe injuries uh, that. That suffered and, and well, uh, of course, it's uh, uh, something something not very not good. It's uh, good for them to 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 recover as soon as possible. But uh, then the team has to play. It's it's something mm. it's something normal. Uh, uh, yes, it's in a part you understand the the the, the Huracan staff uh, and the and the players uh, that they may be psychologically affected because the the bus in which they were traveling lo- lost their brakes or their brakes were damaged and and then a lot of things uh, happened but yes they have to play it's nothing nothing else to say i think no and, and as i said last week um in 1958 with the munich air disaster manchester united kept playing i think they then they played their next match 3 or 4 days after losing you know various members of the first team died um, uh, and, and so it sounds very I don't know, uncaring and callous perhaps to say it but what Oracan suffered wasn't quite on that scale uh, and so for them to River, start moaning about the fact they're still expected we, to play can, football matches we can compare to the the, the, the the episode that happened between River and Boca in the last Copa Libertadores because it happened in the middle of, the, of a match with players that also were with their health uh, with problems with, in their eyes and um, of course, the match didn't haven't continued, uh, but then uh, they played the other week against Cruzeiro, and they were they, they looked different. They looked like they were not in a in a very good condition to play, but they did it and they lost. Mm. But they did it. So, uh, uh, with in this case, it's not uh, similar. We can't compare a, 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 a traffic 
uh, accident with a, tra a bus uh, uh, with their brakes damaged with a, a pepper spray that is th thrown from the from the supporters. But uh, if you compare the way that uh, continued the competitions, River had to play the other week, uh, and Huracan this. Uh, problem with the with the bus. It was two two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, nine, I think nine of February or something like that. So uh, it was uh, time in, enough time to for them to be stronger and and, and, and to try to play. Absolutely, and and it's going to cause some major fixture congestion later on in the yes. in the season, especially given that the championship has to be wrapped yes. up before the Copa America gets played. Um, the match the match was. Uh, was uh, in favor of Huracan in the first half. I, I'm talking about yesterday, yes, last night match against uh, yeah. uh, Nacional that won it 2-0. Uh, with the first half being Huracan a bit uh, uh, going ahead and trying to to, to attack, but then in the second half, uh, Nacional was better uh, with uh, with some interesting players like uh, Marlos Moreno and, and Victor Ibarbo, the one from that came from Rome. I think it played also in Watford. Mm -hmm. The Premier League and uh, showed uh, showed a very very good performance and I was surprised as well as other uh, perhaps uh, guys that haven't followed uh, Nacional de Medellín. Of course, we have been following them when uh, get got the final of the Copa Sudamericana, but it was two years ago against River. Uh, now I I haven't been following them and, and I was surprised because of their uh, easiness to play at the uh, as a, as a away condition I mean yeah Huracan's um, uh, postponements look like they're ending this week by the way because it's Huracan uh, against San Lorenzo which is this this weekend's big classic or the big intergroup match um, it's going to be taking place on Saturday evening so they're having to play again when they like it or not basically um, we're going to take a break now this is a very short episode this week because there are only two of us um, we're going to replenish our glasses and when we come back we will answer a few listeners questions and possibly talk about other stuff if we've forgotten anything so don't go away Next up, then, we've discussed the league, we've discussed the Copa Libertadores games that have been played so far, so we may as well go straight into listeners' questions, unless there's anything else to uh, talk about. No, we, you mentioned or? the San Lorenzo match also. It was, of course, in the uh, not the same conditions as as it was in the with the sea, the height, uh, mm. the attitude, and the... Uh, uh, they they were they did a decent second half at, until the goal the spectacular goal from Diego Morales he scored both at, with the Chunil uh, resulting in favor of, of Liga uh -huh. and as always when a team that isn't used to the attitude goes there to the to the to Quito or to La Paz mm. and Racing and Boca will have to do that uh, is is it's very difficult to keep the, 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 the rhythm in the 90 minutes of, of the match and it was like that. They tried to maintain, to keep, to not to run too much, uh, but then in the second half with the, the spectacular, spectacular play from Morales, uh, all, the, all the things you, 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 can, uh, you can think or you can plan to the, about the, the match uh, are, are, uh, are destroyed because uh, what was what is very difficult for a for a team that goes there and is not used to the attitude is to try to attack and score a, a goal. It's the, the the main goal there is just not to concede goals. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, sure. And try to keep at least the nil nil result and, and and with the goal from Morales, I think that everything was different. Sarrenzo had to to go a bit more. Uh, to go ahead and try to, of course, uh, uh, get the equalizer and, uh, and then 
well, uh, they couldn't do that, and then they, when their match was about to end, they more or less scored the second one with a, another good individual play, and, and mm-hmm. this is it. The two nil. Uh, it was, of course, because of the of the conditions of the match, of the attitude, as I said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, following on from that, let's go on to some listeners' questions because we have a couple, at least, that are, that regard the Copa Libertadores, and the first one regarding San Lorenzo, which comes from Aiden. Uh, who asks, does Hector Bichalba still have a place on the San Lorenzo team? I think he's got one appearance so far in five or six matches. I think that really answers the question, doesn't it? He's not injured as far as I'm aware. No, not injured, but it uh, looks like Ede has more preferences on Blandi and uh, and Calterucho uh, uh, in spite of, of, of Bichalba and eventually uh, Ceruti. He, he wants to play more. Gede seems to want to play more two up front, doesn't he? Rather than playing a, a one man in the middle with a couple of wide men, which yes. is maybe where Vishalba would would fit in. Vishalba Blanco, who is not playing in the in the in the side, but uh, uh, could could do it, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, and and Saruti or or, um, or or Blandi. So uh, I think he's he's trying. He has got preferences from from other players, and not specifically Vishalba. Because I'm just trying to look through the strikers who have played, or the forwards rather, who have played. Uh, Nicolas Blandi has been ever present. He's played four matches in the league. This is um, I think Altaruccio has played three of them. Ezequiel Ceruti has played four, and obviously he's, he's more of a wide man as well. Um, but not every. And then beyond that, you've got two from Mauro Matos, who seems to come off the bench yes. and grab a goal every time. Yes. Um, and Hector Vichalva, as, as we say, has got one. So. He's going to struggle. I think particularly with Ceruti coming in, it would have been interesting to see to see a front three for San Lorenzo with Blandly in the middle and Ceruti on one wing and, and Vichalba on the other. But in terms of the end product that you've that, that's given, I think Ceruti is probably... Gede seems to trust him more, right? If you're going to have one yeah. person out there to... Uh, because to he wants a, a team playing with something with a, a different uh, dynamic and and Saruti, one of the of the good uh, uh, car- characteristics he has is the the, the speed. Uh, mm. He's quite fast. He tries to go to the side and and, and, and shoot the cross. And uh, I think Gede is just what he wants is that from uh, from from him. And and, and with his speed is uh, more has to do more with the, the the style of play that Gede wants to 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 apply in San Lorenzo. Yeah. And he's still young. I've just been looking up his his age. He's only twenty one at the moment, so it's by no means. Uh, he's twenty one with eighty five first team appearances or under his belt already, which is what happens a lot here. So maybe Gede wants to be able to rotate as the matches come thick and fast during the season, and, and, and to have those rotation options, and possibly he's going to get into the team more further into the season. Because obviously Gede's style is going to be very demanding on the players as, as as they start to get more matches under their belt in the year as well. And and Saruti with his I have mentioned the speed. Uh, I think he can go and come and go, and he's mm. he has that ability. Um, it's true that when when Michel appeared to the first uh, division and and, and was uh, and jumped into the starting lineups uh, frequently, he he did it with uh, Angel Correa too. So mm. they were like uh, Angel Correa and Michel were the most interesting appearances uh, from the latest times in San Lorenzo and, and now he, he's like uh, uh, he has to play he well he, he's coming from the bench uh, more than he used to it's clear but well uh, it's mom- there are moments in the player uh, to, for the players to to to, to keep uh, and to try to to wait for their opportunities and, and well Michelle is one of them yeah indeed so we'll see about him yes. um then we've had a few other comments that were not questions. This was last week between Dan and Phil. Uh, and then the Hosel Rocker says, number, uh, hand a pod 212 in the car. All good stuff to while away the journey. Thank you very much. And he's offered to take on a uh, mystic prediction set for a future fetcher. We've got round five coming up shortly, of course. Um, and I've also got somebody for round six. But Hosel Rocketeer, if you want to send somebody in for round seven, which is going to be in about two weeks' time, uh, then please feel free to. 
Harry Laws asks, is there any reason for Argentine teams struggling in the Libertadores thus far, or is it just coincidence? I think Harry's possibly talking a little bit too early. Yes. Uh, Passing a 3-0 up at half-time as we record, and obviously he didn't know that, but that's part, of the, part of the point, is that this is only the third match of the group stage for Argentine clubs. Perhaps he hasn't talked about this uh, Copa Libertadores that uh, it has just started, it's only one match. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, about the general competitors that they why the teams uh, advance to the final standings and 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 if it's conscience I think it's not of course uh, the the Argentinian size has a uh, have have a, a special feeling about the Copa Libertadores they always say about the Knights of Copa uh, the Knights of the Copa Libertadores that, that, that are special uh, and and I think that has to do with the Supporters and also the players that take this as a something, uh, as a competition that that motivates them more than the than the local tournament. Yeah, and and so in terms of the the question about this this year's competition, I think that as you say, last night so Tuesday night San Lorenzo were away in Quito, which is never an easy uh, place to go to at all, particularly as as Liga are a very strong team in their own right, even at, at sea level. Um, so that one's explainable. And Huracan, throughout last year as well, were blowing hot and cold. I don't, I don't think there's any particular um, struggle that's, that, that's, that's gone on so far. Obviously, if Racing get turned over now in the second half and end up being held to a draw or something, which it is Racing, so don't put it past them. Um, and then if Boca and River and, and Rosario Central tomorrow, Boca play later tonight, River and Central play on Thursday, if they all have bad results as well. But even then, you've only got one team playing, uh, one match played in for for each team in the group so far. So let's wait a little while so far. But uh, I would go therefore for coincidence at the moment because Huracan got turned over properly. San Lorenzo had what what always looked like being perhaps the most difficult, although their group isn't particularly easy anyway. But possibly the most difficult fixture of the lot was the very first one away to away to Liga de Quito. Uh, so we shall see. Um, Darren Paul asks does anybody use a standing desk which is the best Mortal Kombat game in character uh, I don't use a standing desk do you no no. so the, the answer to the first one is no I don't play Mortal Kombat well, I, I used to play it but uh, I, I I think it was the first version and I will stick with that because it's the one I, I used to play uh, some time, uh, a lot of time ago and I don't have a, a, a favourite character uh, I was the one that used to play with any of them and to push all the buttons at, at the same time. <laughs> that was pretty much my technique when I was playing on, on my friend's uh, Mega Drive, or was it, was it yes, Mega Drive or SNES? I can't remember. But it was the Mega Drive, I think, there was the Japanese version and Genesis was the, the US, the American version. Yeah. Um, Roberto Rojas, who's going to be uh, reading out, well, I'm going to be reading out his predictions in a few minutes' time for round five asks, do you have any thoughts on Argentina's group in the Copa America this summer and is River Plate st- are River Plate still under pressure at this start of the season? Um, the second one is very quick and easy to answer. The answer is yes, because they've not started that well. They've got to sort the defence out and yeah, um, particularly with their Copa Libertadores bow, the, the first match of their title defence coming up on Thursday evening. Um, thoughts on Argentina's group for the... We should clarify here the Copa America Centenario please because it's it's not a, a official Copa America as far as I can make out yes, the, Chile's the, continental title isn't going to be on the line for this it's yeah something Conmebol invented because they they are the 100 years uh, it, it's not even the actual 100th anniversary though it's the 100th anniversary of an unofficial competition that then the following year turned into the Copa America when they when they made the first official one so 1917 was the first actual Campeonato Sudamericano and the previous one then was the uh, four team championship that the Argentine FA organised to celebrate 100 years of Argentine independence um, Conmebol does officially recognise that 1916 championship as as the the spark let's say for the for the Copa America itself but um, that, that's why they're doing it as a centenary this year but basically they're getting overexcited and uh, Possibly not wanting to clash it with the Confederations Cup next year, maybe that would make sense as well, wouldn't it? Yes, could be. And uh, well, we know the calendar is uh, are not uh, uh, there is not uh, not space for other. If you play the yeah, the Confederations Cup, as you are saying, then, then there will be no room for for another one. 
and what the same the same problem that comes when you have to organize a, a, a tournament or but, a competition. But anyway, we're getting seriously uh, off topic in terms of answering Roberto's question, um, which was, what do we think of Argentina's group for the the tournament that is going to be played? However silly that tournament is. However much attention we would not Chile, like to pay for it. Chile, Bolivia, um, Panama. They have been drawn, and in fact, that's a a point that underlines, I think, as much as anything, that this isn't an actual Copa America. Is the fact that Chile, the holders, supposed holders, um, as in the holders of the proper Copa America, uh, were not given a seeded berth for this one. Um, so Argentina's group in Group D is going to be Argentina, obviously, Chile, Panama, and Bolivia. It's going to be interesting to see a replay of, of the 2016 Copa America, the 2015 Copa America final, if nothing else, in the group stage. The very first match, in fact. Yes, we will have to see about Chile if they have they played with their new coach, uh, a more hairy, hairy coach with mm. uh, with Pizzi. Um, so we we'll have to see that mostly, and then uh, yes, uh, some some uh, people saying that it is a re- revenge and. We will see how the players take it, but I think that yes, Argentina and Chile will have to uh, easily qualify to the to the round of sixteen. It's yeah, it's um, yeah. You'd certainly expect those two to be sharing up the the first and second places. Argentina start off at um, I was going to say at home to Chile, but uh, of course it's not really, is it? Uh, Argentina start off against Chile in Santa Clara. Um, on the 6th of June then they play Panama in Chicago on the 10th of June and then they play Bolivia in Seattle on the 14th of June anybody who knows anything at all about where all of those cities are would have realised that that's a very 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 high amount of travelling although I think is it Uruguay have got more travelling to do or something during the group stage Uruguay have got to play in Phoenix followed by Philadelphia followed by Santa Clara so that might be as much if not more travelling um yeah, they will have to but basically, travel from state to state, of course. Why don't they just pick a corner of the United States and have each group playing in that corner and then maybe start making people fly a bit for the knockout stages? It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Argentina will finish in the top two of that group, you would think. Is Messi going to play? Are, are any of the big, important players going uh, to play? I think he will play the, 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 the Copa America. Or Cause, Copa cause America's they, they've basically confirmed that Messi won't be called up for the Olympics already. Yes, that's so. why I think... Anyway, there is uh, in one month time the I think more priority matches, which are the uh, again uh, two with uh, Chile and Bolivia, which are the qualifiers matches. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing in terms of looking at the at the Copa America Centenario as well. It's interesting that two of the teams in Argentina, well, the two South American teams, in fact, in Argentina's group, uh, are going to have to play Argentina, or other Argentina are going to have to play them whichever way around you want to see it, uh, between now and the, and, and, and the Copa America Centenario kicking off. Um, is, does that take away some of the intrigue, or does it add to it? No, no, I, th- I don't think it will be... Of course, uh, uh, when you play often with uh, the same the same teams, you get to know, know them know them more. Uh, uh, anyway, Chile is... is uh, Argentina has played against them against them in the in the final of the of the Copa America, the last Copa America, so they know how they how they should uh, should they should play, uh, uh, unless uh, Pizzi has a very very different idea from from Sampaoli. Mm. We we don't know that, but uh, uh, of course playing uh, in March, which will be for uh, 24 I think or 25 of March the 24th sounds about right yeah that's the Thursday I think isn't it so a month today so, yeah, fact, just one is, month yes. yeah that's Thursday the 24th so one month today and uh, then they will be playing on Tuesday the 29th at home to Bolivia in Cordoba uh, yeah, of course they, that will get you get an idea of how they could be in the, in the Copa America scenario but uh, I think they, of course the most important are the ones that are uh, first which are apart from that apart from because they are uh, uh, closer in terms of calendar, they are from the qualifiers, and I think they, they mm-hmm. are most in terms of of importance. They are more more important than the Copa America, I think. Okay, so you're not putting too much importance on. Uh, well, Martino said said this. We have to give more priority to the to the qualifier ones because they will give us how the how we are. Uh, uh, if, we, if we are comfortable for the Copa America or not, if we are uh, how, how we are playing for in facing that matches, right? 
Okay. Uh, the final question of the evening, I believe, is from the Hossel Rocketeer, who's back to ask, what is the biggest factor or biggest factors behind Lanus' unbeaten run, and how long can it continue? We talked a little bit about it earlier and said that they haven't had the trickiest of fixture lists so far. Um, but also, it has to be said, they seem to have sat down a bit and uh, since the Barros Kilotto brothers' uh, departure at the end of last year, sat down a bit and decided, let's try and be a bit more disciplined, <laughs> which wasn't very difficult compared with how they were last year, um, and just be taking things very, very seriously. Obviously, as Andres says, Jose San has been in magnificent form. He scored four of their five goals. Um, the defence looks very, very solid. Agustin Marquesin... Sorry, no, not Agustin Marquesin. Monetti. The, um, Monetti, sorry. Yes, that's right. The guy who replaced Marquesin a year ago. Um, and who was very, very good indeed for Gimnasia before signing for Lanús. Um, looked impressive enough last year, but I don't think he quite had the full confidence of in the men in front of him at times. And so far this season, at least, he's he's had that. Um they have beaten Atletico Tucumán in this most recent round, and Atletico Tucumán, let's not forget, had won their first three games, including against Racing and against Boca in the opening two rounds. Um, so although Atletico Tucumán are newly promoted, that in itself is is you know a, a fairly decent win for Lanús. And how much longer can it continue? They're away to San Martín this weekend, and then they're at home to Newell's, then they're away to Racing, who... From the look of tonight, at least with the way they've played in the first half, look like they're putting all of their eggs into the Copa Libertadores basket because they've been useless in the in the championship uh, before hosting Boca. So you'd have to look at that and think at least another two matches and possibly another three games, and then Boca is going to be a, a, a real test for them if, if Boca are going to be playing the way that they they played against Newell's at the weekend. Um, but there's yes. no reason that they can't that Lanús unbeaten run can't carry on a little while longer. And taking into account they are they are winning for one goal difference, they are winning, of course. That mm. is it's the same the same amount of points. It's three points for winning one nil or or four nil. But they are winning for one goal difference, which means that if Sand uh, loses uh, the the tremendous accuracy he's uh, uh, he's playing with now, uh, well, they they will suffer more than they are doing now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's all of the questions that we have had. Um, so, without further ado, here is some mystical theme music, and after that you will hear Mystic Roberto's predictions for the weekend ahead. Don't go away. Okay, Roberto is trying to beat the mark set by Liam Harrison, uh, who last weekend got 5 out of 15. So he jumps level with me for 5 out of 15 on the uh, yeah on the opening weekend, and just for the moment at least slightly ahead of Liam Kelly, uh, who got 4 out of 14. Um, the, uh, the second or third, but it was the second round, wasn't it, I think? Um... 5 out of 14 is what Liam Harrison got and Roberto's predictions for this weekend are as follows Newell's Old Boys to beat Union in Rosario uh, Banfield to get a home win over Godoy Cruz Estudiantes to get a home win over Argentinos Juniors Quilmes to win away to Sarmiento Defensa Justicia and Aldo Civi to draw in Florencio Barrena uh, San Lorenzo to get an away win over a rather out of practice Huracan in the Clásico uh, Belgrano to get an away win over Patronato, Colón to lose at home to Rosario Central, Atletico Tucumán against Atletico de Rafaela, the big Atletico derby of the weekend, that's not a real derby, um, to go the way of the boys from Tucumán, Olimpo against Arsenal to end in an away win for Arsenal, uh, Racing against Boca to end in a draw, San Martín against Lanús to be a win for Lanús, Vélez are going to beat Gimnasia. Tigre are going to get an away win over Tempele. And River Plate are going to get a win against Independiente at home on Monday. Because, of course, River are in Libertadores action on Thursday night. So they've asked to have that match that would normally be the highlight of... Well, one of the highlights, at least on Sunday, uh, put back to Monday evening. So those are Roberto's predictions. We'll see how he does next next week. Good luck, Roberto. And, uh, as we say, Liam is... is 
currently, I think, leading the way, but we still have to factor in the results from Huracan's uh, postponed matches for these last three rounds. So we'll we'll see. Somebody else might manage... Well, one of the Liams might surge ahead of the other one once those get played. Um, any thoughts, Andres? Five, five out of 15 is the highest mark up to, uh, up to now. Yep. So that makes Argentinian see, football kind of unpredictable. Yeah, I've, I've been saying this for four and a half years and nobody believed me when I was having to do it myself which fixtures are you particularly looking forward to this weekend if any <laughs> which what, what? I shall bring them up now we've got Newell's against Union Banfield against Godoy Cruz Estudiantes against Argentinos eh, none of those are really grabbing me to be honest Sarmiento against Quilmes possibly Quilmes can't yes. really defend so that might turn out to be good Defensa Justicia against Aldo Civi Huracan against San Lorenzo should be tasty at least you never quite know what you're going to get with Huracan um Colón Central, is, I think, is potentially yeah. one to look at. Especially if Colón improves yes. back to the level they were at before. They, they got thrashed by Godoy Cruz the other day. That should be a very good game. And in fact, Patronato against Belgrano ought to be fairly decent, as well as, as we said earlier, Patronato, not easy to beat, but Belgrano tends to do quite well at home, uh, away, sorry, so it will be an interesting one. Um, Atletico Tucumán against Atletico de Rafaela. Hmm. I think Tucumán has a good a chance good there with the. Uh, it, it should be a. A previous, a yes, now, previously a, a, a good match to to, to win and, and not uh, lose Lanús. They are in the in the leadership. Yeah. Uh, if Lanús doesn't win, of course. Uh, Olimpo against Arsenal, I think, is going to be one of the matches to just not bother watching. Uh, that's on Sunday evening. Rassi against Boca, on the other hand, <laughs> the way both of them too, too many the season. too many classicals for a, a single a single round. Too many? We've got two. Oh, three, I suppose, yeah, and, including yes, that one and, and River Independiente. Yeah. Um, but I think Racing Boca should be potentially more entertaining for fans of different teams and than those two. Of course, we, we won't ask here for the for the calendar to be weather organized because it's football Argentino, it's Argentine football, but mm. to to make Argentinian sides to play each other when they are playing. The, in the middle of the week the Copa Libertadores well but in fairness when the league fixture was drawn up they didn't know that Racing and Boca were going to be in the same group oh yes. actually I suppose they knew it was going to be a possibility because the Libertadores draw had already taken yes, place it was so not confirmed of course Racing, so. they have to play the the, the playoff yeah uh, yes. slightly more forgivable with what happened last year with the Super Classicals all coming three in the space for a week and a half because of course nobody yes, could have predicted River finishing bottom of the groups well bottom of the qualifiers from the group and Boca finishing top and therefore them having to play each other um, just as they were playing in the league as well uh, San Martin against Lanús could be interesting San Martin at home tend to be they played against Boca worse than I thought they would yeah. because uh, they were I think a pretty decent side uh, and Boca was uh, at that point uh, awful uh, well they, they, they didn't play well and now we will, they, have, they will have to to see if they recover that uh, what they are, were showing. Mm. Um, Vélez against Gimnasia should be, I think that's one to put on. Maybe not an absolute partidazo, but it should be decent. Uh, River against Independiente is, is two teams who can't defend especially well and who like to get forward, so that one should be very yes, entertaining. Uh, another uh, over 2.5. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, Temple against Tigre. I'm going to be watching River Independiente at exactly the same time. Well, so. te- temporarily cut uh, 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 an awful streak of uh, five matches with no with no goals the other the other night, uh, yeah. scoring two against uh, Atlético Rafaela. Yes, yeah, two nil. Yeah, yeah. Ten Whereas matches with no wins and five with no no scoring. So now, uh, uh, and Tigre haven't won this year and are a total of six matches without a win going back to the start of last year as well in the league um, sorry the end of last year uh, so we'll see but it should be an interesting weekend anyway um, as indeed most of them are turning out to be so far this year because uh, we've had a lot of very good goals and a lot of very good matches in spite of everything um, is this a penalty or a free kick as we free kick. well no it's a free kick uh, Racing are still 3-0 up 52 minutes into their match against Bolivar and Oscar Romero is about to take a free kick so we'll see what happens and then we will bid you farewell um, Are both are Romero and the Paul playing? 
Well, yes, they are. Yeah, that was well, one the, of the. Paul scored the third goal, so he's definitely yes. playing. And Romero is uh, is the gentleman who just took that free kick, which didn't come to anything at all. Uh, so they are both playing. I will be back after the end theme music to let you know Racing's final score and also to let you know how Boca Juniors get on in a little while. Um, for now, join us again in the same time and the same place next week for Hunter Pod 20, 2015. Pod 215. If we did 2015, that will be far too many. That's a lot of fun to get through. Um, but thank you for joining us for another week, dear listeners. And it's goodbye from Andres. Goodbye, thank you. And goodbye on this very, very short episode indeed from me. Goodbye. Here's your Copa Libertadores uh, Wednesday night score update. Racing took their foot off the accelerator in the second half. Um, of their match and went on to win 4-1 against Bolívar and then in the late game in the evening up in Colombia Deportivo Cali and Boca Juniors somehow managed to finish with 11 men on the pitch each uh, but it was a pretty dull game apart from all of the kicking um, and ended nil-nil